again. You're listening to the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is a bonus episode of the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Hopefully this episode um, shows up in your feed in the morning and is like discovering a little bit of a gem. Um, You know, we mentioned uh, last week we inaugurated our first ever bonus episode. And that was a very different format from most of our... um, shows because it was just us talking yeah um, this will be no very more, this will be a lot more entertaining hopefully yeah we mentioned that. that there's going to be a lot of different types of bonus episodes and that they would oscillate between episodes where we discuss a topic and episodes where they're sort of um a normal focus format on a soundtrack or a few tracks but just not as many as we would do in yeah. a typical and, podcast episode. and this is a great example today we're going to be talking about the soundtrack un squadron yeah and early in the days of our show it became sort of a running <laughs> gag that un squadron was a, a <laughs> a soundtrack that it seemed like we almost featured in every episode you know we just kept discovering more tracks about it and it just became sort of a little bit of a, a running theme for those of you um who've been with us since that time um you'll probably remember that but i imagine for a lot of you that have been listening to our show in the last couple of years we actually really haven't talked much about this soundtrack but it is one that's very near and dear to our hearts Absolutely. It, it's a soundtrack that means a lot to both of us, especially when we think about the inception of the podcast. Uh, when I first discovered it, it was such a treat to discover this soundtrack. And I first discovered the SNES version. Um, this game was originally released for the arcade in 1989, and the original title was Area 88. Uh, so today what we're actually going to be doing is we're going to be oscillating back and forth between SNES tracks and arcade tracks. So we're going to try to feature the best of both versions of the soundtrack. We're going to play 17 tracks in total today. Um, and that's what's going to be so fun, too, is kind of going back and forth between the SNES and the arcade versions will be really fun. So, yeah, Manami Matsume is the primary composer on this game. She composed the bulk of the music. Um, what's really cool is there's one track... If you guys remember back in the days of Capcom, uh, a lot of those composers worked really close together in the office. So this was right around the time of Mega Man 2. So Takashi Tateishi, the Mega Man 2 composer, did contribute one track to this right. game uncredited. So we'll get to that later. So it's great, you know, these two uh, Capcom giants, really, yeah. two legends of our show and of any podcast that discusses video game music. And this was such a fun discovery to realize that it's another example of their brief collaboration. Yeah, and then also Mary Yamaguchi, uh, she was responsible for the SNES implementation. So for the, for the couple tracks that are SNES exclusive, for example, that introduction up top, that was composed by Mary Yamaguchi. So now, guys, we're going to start off with a very, very short track. This will take like a few seconds. This is Briefing. We featured this on our short looped episode. It's one of my favorite short loops because it's such a simple, quick idea, but it's ridiculously catchy. So let's take a listen to Briefing. Really not a lot we need to say about that, but it was it was a track that I think it makes sense to play up top. Just imagine yourself, you're, you're just about to start this game. You're just about to start the mission. It just sets it well, up it's perfectly. Fun. It, it really reminds me of kind of that Mega Man idea yes. of just having a really kind of short loop track. It, it sounds like something that you would hear in either the Mega Man X mm-hmm. games yeah. or Mega Man 7 just because of those instruments and just, <laughs> just well, the nature of the chords. Before and we get too, too far into this episode, it should be said for anyone not familiar, um, Manami Matsume is the composer of the original 
original Mega Man. She established so many traditions right. for that series. And Takashi Tateishi, who had a little bit of involvement in this project as well, composed Mega Man 2. So a lot of these tracks feel so Mega Man in the best way possible. Right. And I mean, I almost just felt like it, it goes without saying that, you know, Minami sure. Matsumi is most famous for mm-hmm. doing Mega Man. But yeah, it's really important to note that like one of the things we love so much about this game is that it's sort of like a lost uh, Mega yeah. Man soundtrack. It's wonderful. So with that said, let's now move on to the first stage theme. And for this theme, we're going to play the SNES version because I think it's the definitive version of this. This is Frontline Bass. guys are listening to Frontline Bass from UN Squadron. This is the SNES version, and this track was composed by Manami Matsume. This is an absolute classic track of our podcast. It's really one of the best. I it's really so like unique. Just the beginning of that melody is so captivating. Da, 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 da. It is just great. I mean, <laughs> this might be one of the tracks we played most ever on the show. I mean, it's probably been like five or six times <laughs> by this point. I mean, it, we played it a lot. I love it. I love it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. And also, that's another reason why this is a bonus episode, too. Um, technically, we could have stretched this out maybe to try to make a full length episode. Right. But the fact is, we've played a lot of these tracks before, so it didn't quite feel right, right to and make I, it a full episode. I, I, I felt that, you know, I, I wanted our, our second bonus episode to really show, like, what a lot of the episodes are going to be, which is just sort of like a, a quick, you know, short little burst of sure. what our podcast is. And I felt like if we have to do that, there's nothing more perfect than UN, UN Squadron. Squadron. Yeah. Well, now we're going to move on to round two or stage two. And now we're going to play the arcade version of this. This is Thundercloud.
you guys for listening to Thundercloud, round two, arcade version composed by Manami Matsume. This was a great uh, choice to have this one be the arcade version because yeah. this really does feel like a Genesis track, especially to me hearing that kind of jazzy solo, that jazzy yet melodic solo. Mm-hmm. It really reminds me of a lot of your Sonic-esque music. So hearing that with cool. uh, <laughs> FM is, feels very fitting to me. Really cool. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I'll check um, as we're listening to this next one, but I believe this actually may have been one of the arcade exclusives if, if I'm not mistaken right. I know that some of the later stages for example like 7, 8, 9 those stages just didn't exist in the SNES version mm-hmm. so there is some exclusive arcade music which is really good um, probably my favorite track from other than Frontline Bass my favorite track from either of them um, is probably one of the later arcade stages but yeah this is so good the other thing that's important to mention is that this was sort of a side scroller shooter I, yes. I don't think it was a space shooter we forgot to say that but, it's kind of a militaristic uh, yeah. side scroller shooter yeah yeah. I don't know when the United Nations decided <laughs> to start launching fighter jets but that's so funny it's yeah, yeah it really perfect for that kind of game just I think a, a big thing when you're working on film music or video game music is to find a tempo that's fitting for the action and what I think is great is a side scroller shooter even though you may think it's very busy the actual motion that you're seeing on the screen is very kind of slow so I always think it's really effective in sort of side scrollers when you can have a contrast between the big beats and the little beats because you could look at this as sort of one two three four and it feels kind of slow but at the same time um you have yeah just really kind of fast subdivisions that give you the sort of illusion of speed and yet sort of it's matching the actual visual pace of the scrolling on the screen absolutely yeah and actually this the area 88 is actually based on a manga of the same name and apparently the 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 main characters in this game and maybe the manga too are fighting as terrorist group known as project four and also, there was a sequel, apparently, to this game called Carrier Airwing, which right. I did look out. Also, Manami Matsume. I don't know if I've played anything from that on the podcast, but it's something that I definitely want to remind myself. I've heard that this is actually more. a pretty good game. Yeah, too. it's supposed to be pretty good. Um, I actually think it was ranked, IGN ranked it 37th in their top 100 Super Nintendo games list. That's not bad. Um, even That's make pretty that darn list. good, yeah, actually. So, so now we're going to move on to the sole um, contribution of Takashi Dateshi. Uh, he contributed Forest Fortress. And for this, we're going to do the SNES version. Let's take a listen. That is how it's done, folks. It's the most Mega Man-y thing I've ever heard. That is Forest Fortress, composed by Takashi Tateshi from UN Squadron. I just think that opening harmonized riff, even mm-hmm. though it's done in sort of a slower tempo and on the organ, 
um, which fits, you know, the sound of this game. Uh, it really reminds me of his work on Mega Man 2, and it's particularly so after we similar. did, you know, Mega Buster, where we were really trying to make it sound like Takashi Tateishi. Hearing something like that uh, is really it's almost like validating somehow because mm-hmm. I, I hear that and it's like that almost sounds like the kind of thing I was going for sure. on Megabuster and to hear it's like another way of looking at sort of his mind and his approach to it's, writing melodies it's, it's just a gift to get another track from just it. those anytime, chords and sort of the open fourth fifth type of anytime harmonies. we can get another Tateshi track it's just such a gift and I hope that he's going to actually compose music for the upcoming Mighty Number no. 9 not just do sound design it's it is a nice unclear. to know that they're working together I know he's working on it, but I just want more music from him. Um, But yeah, this track, in addition to that open harmonized riff, um, some of the melodic points where he goes to... There's like little moments that feel like other tracks from Mega Man 2. So melodically, he just has such a signature sound. And And I think you made a good point when we were listening to it that it sounds very cute. You know, because it's... Especially just knowing him and his story and that like what he wanted to do in writing music was make something that he thought of like band music you know like something that would be fun in like a rock band but it's so tuneful and sweet that's like somehow thinking of it in that context is it's just like a little bit more endearing and then there's that one part that for some reason that series of notes just feels almost like just so yeah, Mega Man to that. me. Yeah, he kind of owns that. So now we're going to move on to a boss theme, and we're going to go back to the arcade here. This is Stronghold Boss. <laughs> effective boss theme. This is Stronghold Boss, composed by Minami Matsume, the arcade version of UN Squadron. Very effective. Yeah, I really like the chords in this one. They're able to kind of um, push that very specific kind of button harmonically of mm-hmm. just that, that, you know, dark demonic like dar- boss sounding thing. It's like a demonic church prelude. But yeah, it, it, it sort of avoids some of the cliches, you know, I feel like it's sort of halfway stepping its toe into that water where it's not kind of campy, you know, it doesn't sound like Dr. Mm-hmm. Robotnik. Um, and I think that's a nice choice. I think she could have gone a little bit farther in sort of, I guess, demonizing those chords yeah. and, um, you know, adding sort of secondary dominance and adding things that make it feel more classical or having more diminished chords. You know, there's a lot of things that she could have done. And I think it still sort of retains that quasi jazz slash chord feel. And of that's UN what Squadron. I love about her compositional style is that she's always injecting those modern influences, the jazz influenced in there. And it's just the right balance of of both to make it feel video game and to make it feel uh like just like her classic style so now we're going to move on to forest fortress 2 and we're going to go back to the snes
I love this track because it really is, in my mind, one of the most accessible and enjoyable uh, uses of heavy, heavy dissonance in video game music. It's just super catchy and rhythmically interesting. Those triplets on the guitar there are super good, but the chords she chooses are in the voicings, particularly a lot of minor seconds. It's out, out there stuff. Right. Well, I, I think kind of the thing you have to remember that like she really composes these tunes really thoughtfully mm-hmm. at the piano. And I imagine with any of them, she plays them with a very sort of jazzy add to mm-hmm. add, you know, six kind of, um, jazz kind of voicings of the chords and so I think some of that sort of sept into the harmonic language of this track I think it did um, I, I think it is an interesting take some of it is a very sort of jarring and catches you off guard yeah. but I also imagine that a lot of that is intentional it's supposed you know, to this fit is later the in level. the game yeah. it's, it's more kind of scary and dark sounding I think it's kind of interesting this is actually more frightening and scary than the boss theme but I guess it makes sense that the function of the boss theme was mm-hmm. to kind of feel a little bit more epic where this feels a little bit more terrifying yeah and i will say that the snes version of that boss theme we heard previously is actually more terrifying um in general the snes soundtrack i will say is a little bit more fuller lusher and i guess closer maybe to what the band would actually play so does it flesh out the chords a little bit more not or is it just really the, the instruments it's just the instruments that they chose uh, just feel a little bit more full and yeah what i will say is about if you play a track like for example if you guys are curious play frontline bass for the snes and then check out the arcade version of the i think it's it's called like oil field stage one it's so much it's just very lacking compared to the snes version like something about um, certain tracks in the soundtrack are just, for me, tailor-made for the SNES, right. and certain tracks are tailor-made for the FM. It's just, it depends on the track, which is cool. Well, now we're going to stick with the SNES for two more tracks here. Let's play a track called Ground Carrier. Solo saxophone, ladies and gentlemen. What an awesome song. This is Ground Carrier from the SNES version of UN Squadron, composed by Minami Matsume. This is a very this kind of reminds me of Yoko Shimomura, actually. Yeah, but also it reminds me of Frontline Bass. It's like right. the sister song to that. Very it's true. a lot of similar rhythmic moments and melodic moments. It's one thing that's interesting about this whole soundtrack is now I'm, I'm noticing how dang cute it is. Right. It really isn't that cool. Like, it probably was supposed to be really cool when it came out, but it's very awesome, and I love it musically, but it's very cute. Well, I, I think it's hard because, you know, something that was done in the 80s and 90s, it's like we're so many decades past that, and particularly in the last, like, 10, 20 years, the amount of kind of, like, 
<laughs> hipster, intense, you know, ironic energy you need for something to genuinely be considered cool now. It, there's no way something that old could yeah. kind of pass those standards. So I think I, I probably was cool at the time, and there is sort of an edginess and cool. jazziness <laughs> to the chords. But yeah, I, I, I actually prefer list looking at video game music through the lens of sort of a cute, comfortable, yes. very accessible sort of aesthetic. And I, I kind of pine for, you know, the, the time when that was... Mm-hmm also cool when yeah. something that accessible and approachable could also be like the coolest thing you could imagine there's an innocence in that that i really Absolutely. kind of almost nostalgically it's really very, like it's, it's very genuine now we're going to move on to a track called the minx is such a 16-bit era track. I love it. It's called The Minx, and one of my favorite things about the SNES soundtrack is that saxophone sample. It's so darn... Well, I just love that guitar sample. Oh, yeah, and that part of the track that... Yeah, so catchy. I remember talking about that. I played this a long time ago on one of our first show-and-tells, mm-hmm. um, and I remember that was my favorite part then. It's still yep. my favorite part now. Yeah. You know, this track really, my thoughts of this soundtrack hasn't really changed. Yeah, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I mean, there's some things in this world that are just like. What we've noticed is there's these pillars of video game music that we noticed this when we were doing last time our breakdown and analysis. Um, is that you know really for us uh, for, we were saying then that like it still is all about Mario and Sonic and to lesser extent something like this this is still one of my favorite SNES soundtracks yep. you know and it's like if it's great it's always going to be great well now we're going to go back to the arcade for Cave Round 6 here we go <laughs> Gosh, I love this. You guys are listening to Cave Round 6, which is a very interesting um, 
again, I guys, I recommend you guys check out some of the different versions. Like this version on the SNE, this track on the SNES is actually probably a little bit more yeah, fuller and does justice I to agree. the melody. You, you, I gotta say, I think another thing that I so love about UN Squadron is you get these classic Mega Man composers, but the sound of that on the Super Nintendo mm -hmm. really reminds me of Rockman and Forte. This track particularly, what, that really surprising, striking, jazzy part with yeah. those great chords really reminds me of Naoshi Mitsuda's work on Rockman and Forte. Oh, Just the use of the so ninth right and the that. moving inner voices is But what's wonderful so is, um, even though instrumentally it's a little bit, some of these tracks on the arcade are a little bit lacking when compared to the SNES, the music everything's so there. <laughs> All the elements are there. All the channels are there. There's not any less channels on the right. arcade. You know, these arcade um, you know, chips had a lot of channels that they, that they could use. Well, I think it's just sort of at the end of the day, for the most part, I prefer the Super Nintendo set to sure. sort of uh, um, FM synthesizer. I mean, th there's something that is classic and nostalgic sure. to me about those samples, but also, I mean, way more can be expressed when you're actually able to sample a guitar. Well, what's interesting to... is my favorite arcade tracks on the soundtrack are the arcade exclusive ones, and I haven't heard an SNES version. So if I were to have heard that SNES version maybe that would actually be my favorite. That's so it's true. hard to say. Now we're going to move on to one of the Mary Yamaguchi um, SNES exclusive tracks. This is a really cool track called The Canyon. You guys are listening to The Canyon, which was composed by Mary Yamaguchi, and I had to do some detective work to find which track was not on the arcade, but you know, for me, I can definitely hear that this, this feels different than Minami Matsume's style. Now, it still feels classic Capcom and Mega Man, partly because uh, Mary Yamaguchi did Mega Man 5, right. <laughs> so every single person working on this game has worked on Mega Man before. It's interesting to note that. Yeah, she definitely, this style reminds me of the Mega Man 5 music a it little does. bit. It uh, does. But in general, I feel like there's also a lot of commonalities between this track and some of Manami's stuff. That's Just true. as far as that really jazzy sequence for the B section, obviously getting to use these classic instruments for a new track really helps well, bridge the I gap. I mean, it's just a great place for her to be um, inspirationally. Where Okay, I, she's already converting all this awesome music, and that's in her brain, and she's using these samples. So that she's like, all right, I'm well, going to do my... And the other thing that. that's fun, right, you know, that she is sequencing it, but it's another example of her following in the wake of Minami Matsume and yep. Takashi Tateishi Once again, for working in a... <laughs> it's, it's kind funny. of interesting to think about. Now we're going to go back to the arcade for a few tracks here and do kind of uh, a really cool little pocket of arcade-exclusive music. Let's take a listen to Ascending Round 7.
wonderful piece of video game music. There are moments of the soundtrack that remind me of Yoko Shimomura in Street Fighter 2. Um, but what I love about this track is called Ascending, and you have that wonderful section where it keeps ascending. It feels like, you know, so we've talked about before how you can evoke the feeling of flight. Um, but I know, Will, one of your favorite moments in this track was when those shimmering bells came in. Yeah. It's a great way to close off the track. Really effective, this one, from all aspects. You know, the chords, melody, the implementation is great. I imagine, though, the, the track is called Ascending, probably not because of the music, but because of something in the level. And yes. so I think that it's more that the music is scoring sort of an effect of something in the level. I right. think those bells, though, because... They really help to sort of characterize and very quickly give you the chord information of our new home because there's all this sort of not atonal, but atonal in the sense of not really a tone center. You know, we keep modulating up, 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 up. We, we kind of mm -hmm. lost track of home. And so when those arpeggios come in, it gives you this really free sense of flight, but it also cleverly helps to sort of reestablish, you know, this is the chord right now. Sure. This is our new home. Awesome. Well, now we're going to move on to an awesome track. This is Marine Round 8. Love this one. Beautiful track. This is Marine Round Eight, the arcade versions. This, this game's one is also, so classic to me. Oh, it's so great. This game's also known as Area Eighty Eight. Um, yeah, it's such a great jazzy form. It feels God. like a ballad or something. Oh, I just I'm such a sucker for those sequences. I really like that that part with the sort of uh, chromatic descending it's chords. It's so good. But that part right there was so gorgeous. It's a very sort of uh, soaring, free kind of release. Well, very the grace lyrical. notes that it's able to evoke the performance. Those grace notes right, and the melody. That's a good point. Again, she's writing it on the piano. So she's it, obviously, it kinda, she's hearing something that is working about that right. way she's performing and trying to match it on the hardware. Absolutely. And also just the nature of this one really reminds me of Frontline Bass. Just it's kind of, it holds on some of the same notes and it uh, just has sort of that thing where it feels really classic and simple and also really complicated because mm -hmm. the, the melody feels very performed and very specific and it, it, with something like this, you know, you get to have those sequential parts where it's repeated sort of exactly, um, but then you have those parts um, where it just feels almost like a solo or very performed. Absolutely. Now this, we're going to move on to my favorite track on the arcade soundtrack. This is Armory Round 9. It's so awesome and it was actually introduced, this track was inter and actually for, you know, for that matter, this version of the soundtrack 
because you know this features new music was introduced um, to us by Ed in our first listener show and tell episode. So thanks, Ed, for introducing us to this version because it's just kind of further solidified that this is such a cool soundtrack. And like I said, this is an arcade exclusive track. This is Armory Round Nine. <laughs> guys are listening to Armory Round 9, arcade version composed by Manami Matsume. Oh, man, that's awesome. Well, guys, now we're going to move on to the last track of the day. This is ending in staff roll, and we're going to play this from the arcade version as well. Let's take a listen. Wonderful. Guys, we had a great time on this uh, bonus episode. Thanks for joining us. Um, not sure how many of you are uh, going to be joining us for these bonus episodes, but for anyone listening, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Yeah, really fun. We, we just, again, we want to give you guys uh, a little bit of extra content for you to listen to because we love you. We, we really love care you about you. We feel like you're our family and you've been great to us, so we want to continue being good yeah, to you. Next week is the finale of our season seven. We are so excited about that. That's going to be a lot of fun really fun and i'm also really excited about moving into our eighth season of doing this podcast Uh, we have some really good ideas and it's going to be a lot of good times ahead yeah and if anyone doesn't really uh know how we how we organize our season doesn't mean we've been doing this podcast for eight years basically every 25 episodes we call that a season so that means there's been eight groups of 25 episodes so it's actually four years we typically Mm -hmm. have about two seasons a year yeah Um, we, we divide it that way just because it's sort of an easy 
number way of thinking it. And when we first started doing the show, uh, after our first 25, you know, I mean, that that was a long amount of time. That was from like February until like the summer. Sure. And so we sort of took that summer off from summer until fall. We took that time off. We actually spent that time working on various other projects yeah. and stuff that we put up on the site. Um, but so that's kind of why we thought about organizing it that way. Just fun fact. Absolutely. Well, we're going to play you guys out with the end SNES version composed by Minami Matsume. My name is Carl Brueggemann. I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, we've been getting some really nice comments and ratings lately. So thank you to all of you who've been doing that. Uh, yeah. Once again, you can find all of our original music and every single episode of this show, the super Mercado brothers video game music podcast at supermarcadobros.com. Thanks again for joining us today, everyone. Have a great week. Peace out. Peace out.